Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Jason Coleman, and you are listening to Things That Make You Go Hmm Book Review Podcast. And welcome to another episode of Things That Make You Go Hmm, book review podcast. I am your one-man book club, Jason Coleman. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Um, If any of you are new to my channel, what I basically try to accomplish uh, in this podcast of mine is I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a book review in the traditional sense. I don't say, oh, well, you, you should read this. Uh, because it's a good book because of X, Y, and Z, or you shouldn't read this book because it's not a good book because of X, Y, and Z. Um, What I mostly try to do is I mostly read books that deal with nonfiction topics such as self-improvement, choice-making, behavioral economics, psychology, politics, self-improvement, that kind of thing. And what I'm trying to do is... I'm just trying to give you some indication of how the book filters through my own personal um, experience and whether or not the book would be meaningful for you if you were to try to uh, read the book and, you know, what you might get out of it also. So you might see me use, I might jump off to different thoughts and ideas on certain subjects that come to me. So you'll, you'll hear me very often quote certain, certain books uh, certain movies, television shows, personal experiences, conversations I might have had, uh, stuff like that. It's all kind of interconnected with my experience with reading a book. And then, you know, at the end, I, I try to explain whether the book was useful for me or not. And then you can make your own personal decision whether or not you think the book is worth the investment, uh, you know, of your time. So let's get to it. Um, My book today that I'm going to be reviewing is How to Be an Imperfectionist, The New Way to Self-Acceptance, Fearless Living, and Freedom from Perfectionism by Stephen Guys. I first became interested in Stephen Guys when I read another one of his books that was uh, pretty popular um, in terms of at least uh, the algorithms that are sent to me through Amazon and Goodreads and other um, book book websites that I go to, and he became popular with his book called Mini Habits, which I have read, um, which I, I did very much enjoy, and what Mini Habits is, is it was a book based upon um, how to, how to, I don't want to explain this, it was basically how do you improve, how, how do you improve at things um, over time using very, very small micro habits. And what his whole argument was is that very often we will sabotage ourselves from accomplishing things because we tend to become very overwhelmed with the end goal of what we're trying to accomplish. And humans are very good at analyzing exactly how much work, thought, energy, process is going to go into accomplishing whatever it is that we want to do, um, we get overwhelmed pretty quickly and, you know, we just retreat into something that's not quite as stressful. 
but what the author, what the author's argument is is that the human brain once it begins working towards a goal uh, very often you'll be shot up with some adrenaline and you'll want to uh, persevere and uh, continue working once you've gotten started and as a public school teacher I can remember when I started my career 20 years ago I was this when it came to doing homework now I, I don't want to get into a whole side tangent about my own personal thoughts about homework if if any of you want you can you know uh, you can leave some comments about me talking about my own personal experience my own thought process when it comes to kids doing homework but what I did tell the students is that the the hardest part of doing homework just like the hardest part of pretty much anything is getting started uh, once you actually get started doing something you'll find um, usually a surge of energy that you didn't know you had um, a good example for this is you know one of the things I like to do is I, I recreation I recreationally uh, run um, I don't I don't particularly like running I mean there's many other things I'd rather do I'm not I'm not necessarily motivated to do it but once I if I can just get my running you know clothes on and maybe just run one block I'll normally run, you know, a or, you know, sometimes a little bit more. But the hardest part for me is just getting myself out the door. And the author talks about that, too. And I'm, I'm talking about his last book right now, Mini Habits. And what he said was that what he would challenge himself to do is just to do one push-up per day. And he said if he could just do one push-up per day, then that normally would trigger a reaction where he would start putting in a lot more work into what he was doing. So, um, and <laughs> so he said there there actually were a number of days where that that actually is all the, the exercise he would do was he would just do one push up. Or he had another one that I thought was funny too. He said. Uh, he eventually worked himself up in going to the gym a couple times a week, he said, but it was really hard for him to work up the motivation. <laughs> so he said his challenge was he would just drive to the gym. He wouldn't necessarily get out of his car and go work out. Um, and he said there actually were a couple occasions where he did drive to the gym and he just drove right back home again. So, you know, he did give himself that permission to, to do that. He said, but eventually he got to the point where that was a, a pretty rare occurrence. And, you know, um, but he said it took off a lot of stress from him to just say, OK, all I'm going to do is just put on my clothes. Um, I'm not necessarily going to work out I'm, or maybe I'm just going to walk around the block and, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And very almost every time, you know, he was able to put in some some work. So he's he's building off that in, in his book, um, How to Be an Imperfectionist, because what he's saying is that. The perfectionist is somebody who needs to get things done perfectly, for lack of a better word. They need to do things exactly. They need to get everything on their checklist. If they don't finish every single aspect, if they don't get the exact type of training, then it was a failure. Um, they don't want to do, you know, do something and and they give up. And I, I have been guilty of this so many times. Um, you know, I as I've told people on the channel before uh, one of my my favorite uh, hobbies or one of the hobbies that I have is I'd like to paint small figures that I usually uh, you know use in uh, games uh, that I play with my friends I know not nerdy at all and I have another buddy who's actually I think he might have a bit more natural talent than me but 
he just doesn't paint very much. And I, and he, which wouldn't be a problem, but he's always complaining to me. He's like, oh man, I really should be painting more, but I just, I haven't really been able to work up the motivation. And I said, well, why don't you just paint for 15 minutes, uh, you know, before you, you leave for work each day or, you know, just paint for 15 minutes when you get home. And he's like, no, cause then it's just not worth it. And I tell myself, well, if I don't get my painting done, I'll, I'll make up the extra 15 minutes the next day. And it, it just doesn't get done. Um, I feel like I'm, I can kind of, I do the same thing, uh, with like reading a book, for example, I might say, well, I'm going to dedicate 30 minutes to reading today. And then, you know, I get home, I'm a bit tired. I don't feel like reading. Um, and I just say, well, I could just read one page or I could just read two pages, but I don't because since I can't get everything done that I, I set out to do, then I just wind up doing nothing. And he says that is the classic interpretation of the perfectionist. And what he's encouraging us to do is to become imperfectionist, where we don't necessarily concern ourselves with whether we did every single thing correctly. What we're concerning ourselves with, and I've read a few other books on the subject recently that I've done a couple podcasts on, like uh, the motivation, the v- motivation myth uh, that I reviewed recently. That one thing the author did say that I, I I do wholeheartedly agree with is you can't you can't tell yourself like oh well since I'm not getting the results that I want right away well then the whole the whole venture was a waste. It's that's just not really the case. The situation is. What we should do, and, and I'm not, I, I hope you don't feel like I'm just, I'm preaching to you here. I'm, I'm preaching as much to, to myself as I am to you. But what we really need to be doing is we need to be concerning ourselves with process. And he says people who have become very successful, they just mostly focus on the process. They don't concern themselves all that much with, you know, what type of results are taking place. Because very often the results are happening so slowly we're not necessarily aware of them. So, okay, for example, one of the things the author says is that most people don't really like to exercise while they're in their car, okay? And I don't want to exercise in my car either, but he says there's really not a good reason why you couldn't. I mean, you could get yourself some little two-pound weights, you know, put them on the passenger side of your car, and then when you come to, you know, a red light you know, do a couple little mini flies, or he said, you know, you could hoist up your body weight, do like, I guess, little mini dips, you know, directly on your cushion. Is it, is it the best workout? No, probably not, but it's better than nothing. And that's, (laughs) that's one thing about humans. It's just kind of silly when you think about it. We are all or nothing creatures, man. If we can't do things exactly the way we wanted them to, then, then, then we don't want anything. You know, it's, it, it kind of reminds me of like a pouting teenager, like, oh, if you're not going to buy me a new car, well, then I don't want anything. If you're not going to buy me this new car, then no, I don't want anything. I don't want any used car. I don't want nothing. So we have to we have to get over that. And what he says is that um, we're uh, this is one of his quotes. He says, the perfectionists are driven mad or frozen in place by the chasm between desire and reality which impairs the ability to progress and enjoy life. Only imperfectionists can tolerate imperfectionism, which is the defining attribute in our world. So um, another example I want to give you is 
Um, I've been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, for recreation for, I don't know, 12 or 13 years now. I wouldn't necessarily say, I mean, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> I get manhandled by new people all the time, so I, I'm certainly not going to be winning any medals or anything like that. But, I, you know, I, I, I think... I think my trainers would would say that I have pretty good technique, um, you know, for somebody who trains as, you know, as regularly as I do, which is, you know, not always the most consistent. But anyway, um, getting back to it, I can remember my first couple years when I would do Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I would I would I would be training. It's mostly, you know, if you if you're not familiar with it, it's mostly wrestling, um, you know, with a bit of a, mar- you know, with a, a martial arts um element to it I suppose and one of the um, the big the big thing that you're trying to accomplish with uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu BJJ is that you want to try to control your opponent you want to try to get into a position where you can neutralize that opponent and I can just remember you know new guys people who haven't been training very much just absolutely you know taking me apart and I would get so frustrated with myself when I would make a mistake or I wasn't able to, you know, you know, get to the positions that I wanted to get to. And I, I would go home frustrated like, man, what happened? Why did I do so poorly? And, and stuff like that. It wasn't until years later, years and years after training, that I didn't, I couldn't appreciate the fact that just by virtue of the fact that I was there, just by virtue of the fact that I was getting in the exercise, just by virtue of the fact that I was getting in that time, uh, they call it mat time with the practice, that that is, that's winning, okay? You are winning when you are putting in practice time. That's the that's the bottom line. And, and if we could just look at it like that and forget everything else, um, our situations would be so much less stressful. And we probably would see a lot more improvement if we just focused on these very small accomplishments. Uh, a good example of this is if you watch the um, the movie Little Women, my wife got me to watch the, the, the movie with her, um, with uh, Sorsha Ronin and um, a few other g- good actors. I didn't think I was going to like the movie very much, <laughs> um, but I but I actually I did. I thought it was a, a really a really touching story about some sisters who are growing up and they use their friendship mostly to, um, you know, to to have a, an enjoyable childhood experience and and then you just see how their life transitions into adulthood where, um, you know, they they have certain trials and tribulations, you know, uh, tragedies and accomplishments but anyway one of the characters really wants to be a painter her name's Amy and she actually goes to 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 Paris to train with like you know the world-class painters and she's visited by her friend and her friend comes to her and says uh you know how is your painting going and she said oh I just don't feel very adequate as a painter and he goes well I mean I, I think your paintings are good and he said and she says well if I can't be the best at what I want to do, then I won't do it at all. And that is, oh my gosh, I think that is just so telling of how we sabotage ourselves so much in, in our lifetime with with never really realizing what our potential is to accomplish things. And I, I am so guilty of this myself. And I, I see, you know, as a teacher, how many students go wrong, like, okay, I'm not as fast as this person, so therefore I'm not really going to pursue running. 
okay, I'm not as good at this video game as these people, so it's not really worth my training to to improve at it. I can't skateboard like this person, so you know why why should I put any effort into it at all? And what I try to tell the students, and I'm telling myself this again, you know, we're we're all learning together, is that what other people are doing is is not really of that much concern to you. I mean, really what we have to be focusing on is is what are we doing to improve? And he said, and, and that's where I think the author's main point about being an imperfectionist, where we're only focused on whether or not we are making small accomplishments over time in order to, you know, to improve at something. And he says the, I guess he calls it the, the four horsemen of, um, you know, uh, causes for failure are unrealistic expectations, rumination, the need for approval, concern over mistakes, and doubts about actions. So I think it's it's worth it for us to go over these one by one. When, when it comes to expectations, I, I really feel like, well, they say that comparison is the thief of joy. I think unreal ex, unrealistic expectations is the thief of, of joy, honestly, is we set our expectations so incredibly high for ourselves. And I, I do the same thing, that when, we, when we're not able to do every single aspect of what we thought we could, we somehow think that, that we failed. And that's just not really the case. I mean, anytime you're moving towards a goal, you're winning, okay? I mean, it might not happen the way you envision it. We tend to hold ourselves to crazy standards, but but you are winning. And, and that's what being an imperfectionist is all about. You don't say, okay, I don't have to perfectly train. I don't have to perfectly hit this upward trajectory in my life in order for me to to feel like I'm winning at something. Um, rumination is is certainly something I'm plagued with. I, th- I think it affects people differently. Um, but rumination is basically where you can't get a thought out of your head. You can't get an idea out of your head. You tend to be a, a very tough self-critic. Like, oh, why can't I just wake up a little bit earlier? Why can't I put in a bit more effort into what I'm doing? Why can't, why couldn't I just be uh, a, a little bit nicer, you know, during this situation? Why did I have to open my big mouth? Blah, blah, blah. And he said that the, the reason why is once again, we're trying to be a perfectionist. We're, we're creating these situations in our mind where we're thinking to ourselves, oh, well, in, in reality, we should have been able to do this and that situation would have been much better and then we wouldn't feel bad about it and we wouldn't be such awful people. The imperfectionist says, well, okay, fine. I made a mistake. Whatever. I learned from it. Now I'm going to move on. Uh, it it kind of reminds me of, I remember somebody I um, uh, when I was younger and I, I used to watch sports a lot more. I was watching a football game and they were talking about the, the position in football on defense that has to to guide, the, uh, excuse me, guard the wide receiver. Um, they call them the cornerback. And it's very difficult because every time the cornerback allows the wide receiver to catch the ball on some way, in some way he's failed. So this is what the, the commentator said. He said, the cornerback has to have no memory. <laughs> and I thought that was amazing. And I still remember that to this day that 
on some level, if you want to be successful at something, you have to have a really bad memory. I, I, I think I heard somebody say the key to a, a, having a good, long-lasting, happy marriage is, you know, you have to have a bad memory <laughs> on some level. And I think a, a more accurate statement is probably be that you have to have a selectively bad memory. So so this is this is the situation where you have to say to yourself, okay, um, I don't those all those times when I didn't do exactly what I was trying to do or I made a I I made a mistake or whatever the case is. Oh, look at that. I don't remember. I I I I for some reason it's just not there anymore. It's just gone. And that's what that's what I think needs to happen is we need to just sort of selectively forget things and and try not to because only the perfectionist ruminates because they're angry that the situation didn't go perfectly but we have to understand we're humans we're fallible we make mistakes constantly you know it's it's only going to sabotage our progress if we if we ruminate on these things okay um the other thing he talks about the need for approval and again i mean i i (laughs) once again i'm kind of getting into my own personal stories here is I remember when I was, uh, you know, when I first started my teaching career, there there was this, not first, maybe I was about, I guess, seven or six or seven years into it. Uh, and there was this website called Rate My Teachers. And I've talked about this before. And students could actually, like, give ratings on their experience, you know, that they had with a, with a classroom teacher. And I can remember, I always thought that the students liked me. I thought I was cool that the students were really happy to have me as a teacher. And then I would go on this website and I would and I would read these really like awful things that kids were saying about me. I was boring. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, they weren't really learning anything. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I, I could just go on. And, and my wife, you know, bless her soul. She's so much wiser than, you know, I'll ever be. She was like, you know, Jason, what are you doing? Will you stop going on these websites they're not productive and you know I mean you know I'm in my mid-40s now and we've been we've had social media for a long time I think we've kind of trained ourselves to to more or less you know uh, ignore a lot of bad comments that people have um but yeah I mean I just I I think looking back on it I just really wanted approval from people and it it's it was really shocking to me that not everybody loved me, okay, or that people might have some bad things to say about me. I mean, looking back on it, um, I, I it's interesting because I would probably say now that if there aren't if there isn't anybody who dislikes you, then you're probably not doing a very good job at whatever it is you're doing. You're you're trying too hard to please everybody, and so I I don't really. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to go to an extreme. If nobody likes me or nobody likes what I'm doing, then there, there's probably a problem. But but in reality, you really only have one critic to appease, and and, and that's yourself. And and I really believe that if you're you're trying your best, you're putting your best put for best foot forward, and you're trying things, then then the approval from others will come, at least from the people who you need it to come from. And finally, um. Uh concerns over mistakes and doubts about actions, which I think are more or less the same thing. And, and again, you know, you say to yourself, well, I'm going to fail. I'm not going to do that well. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to, you know, wh- whatever the case is. And, 
And we all deal with that self-doubt. I, you know, uh, Buddhism, the religion, they're in their whole part of their narrative is they actually have a demon called Mara that lives in your mind who's constantly uh, plaguing you with doubts and telling you you're not good enough. And and, and I, I, the author is saying that that's only because we're trying to be perfect. If we just realize that things are not going to go perfectly, we're going to make mistakes, we're going to learn from these experiences, not only... Is it going? Is whatever we're putting our efforts into going to be a much more enjoyable experience? But we're going to take a lot of stress off of ourselves, and we're going to be able to. I guess what the Stoics would say is we we're going to reframe our thinking from focusing on what's not going right in our lives into focusing on on what is going well, what what the things that we should be positive about. And this is hard. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to, again, I'm not trying to make it seem like, you know, I'm there with it myself. I'm, I'm still working on it just like you guys are. But I do, I do think that the author has a great point in that, you know, we can only really be free from all this negativity and self-criticism when we give ourselves permission to not be perfect at things. Okay. Oh boy. All right. So there were some things I, I didn't really get to um, in this book because I, I there's just so much to chew on. It's a short book. It's I, I think it probably is only going to take you a few hours to read. Um, but yeah, if you really want to figure out ways to to be more productive and, and just be a little bit happier with yourself as a person and what you're trying to do, then I, I certainly think that it you know the book could be meaningful for you. And that's How to Be an Imperfectionist, The New Way to Self-Acceptance, Fearless Living, and The Freedom from Perfectionism by Stephen Guys. Okay, we are uh, pretty much out of time. I try to keep my podcast under 30 minutes if I can. I, I want you to be able to listen to everything um, basically on, on an average, somebody's average commute to work. I think I read the average commute to work is about 20, 25 minutes. So that's what I try to keep my podcast to. Um, if you're enjoying what I'm doing, I'm noticing an uptick in viewership and listenership, I should say. So so please, if you're listening on Stitcher or, or iTunes or Amazon uh, Podcasts, or Podbean, um, if, if you could give a, a nice review, it basically, uh, it spreads the word, it helps with the algorithm, and it's just very validating for me to know that there are people who are uh, enjoying what I'm doing. Okay, um, I will go ahead and wrap it up then. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'll be back in a couple weeks with another book, and until then, happy reading. <laughs>